freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. We didn't pass it on to our children in the bloodstream. The only way they can inherit the freedom we have known is if we fight for it, protect it, defend it, and then hand it to them with the well-taught lessons of how they in their lifetime must do the same. And if you and I don't do this, then you and I may well spend our sunset years telling our children and our children's children what it once was like in America when men were free. Americanism, not globalism, will be our credo as long as we are led by politicians who will not put America first then we can be assured that other nations will not treat America with respect, the respect that we deserve. You're listening to the voice of the future. Fighting for America every day. This is the conservative crusader. And here's your host, GOP Josh. Hello and welcome to the Conservative Crusader. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you for tuning in here on the Red Future Radio Network. Very excited to be joining you today on this program, whether you're listening live on the podcast, on the Red Future Radio Network, however you're listening. Thank you for being here. We appreciate you being here once again. Some big news regarding myself personally. Go to your web browser and go to americasperspective.us. Bring it up. Check out the American Perspective, a big new news site. It's going to be phenomenal. It's going to be great. I can't wait to work with the staff there. I am going to be the editor-in-chief, and I cannot wait for that. So big news, americasperspective.us, the American Perspective Cannot wait. All right. Hop right into the news because we have a lot to get to. I missed this on last week's program. And and I'm kind of glad I did because there's kind of a two-part to this now. So the CDC advisors recommended adding COVID shots to routine immunization, uh, immunization scheduled f- for kids and adults. Uh, this is from the 20th, so about five days ago. The CDC's independent vaccine advisors voted 15 to 0 Thursday to add uh, most COVID-19 vaccines offered in the U.S. to childhood, adolescent, and adult immunization schedules. The immunization schedules are updated every fall before going into effect the following year. Consolidate all the CDC's vaccine recommendations in one document for states that use them as guidance for school entry requirements and busy physicians. Uh, the additions formalize recommendations that the CDC has already made on COVID-19 vaccinations for individuals aged six months and older for shots that the FDA has approved or authorized for emergency use. Right now, in today's America, based on this guidance, if you want to attend a public school, if you want to attend school in the United States of America, public or private, I'm pretty sure, unless there's like a religious exemption or your state denies it, you will have to get the COVID-19 vaccine. You will have to get the shots, which you can believe is effective or not. That's your opinion. That's your belief based on whatever you want to base it off of. 
that your COVID shot is functional or not. But it doesn't matter what you think after this goes into effect because you will be required if you want your kids to go to school or if you yourself want to go to school to get the COVID-19 vaccination. Guess I'm not going to school. (laughs) I mean, I'm not eligible at this point because I am not vaccinated against COVID-19. This doesn't represent new recommendations. This represents sort of a uh, summary of existing recommendations that advisory panel member Matthew Daly, a senior investigator at the Institute for Health Research at Kaiser uh, Permanente, Colorado, quote, but I will acknowledge there is symbolism in adding COVID-19 to the childhood immunization schedule. And that symbolism is that we view this as a routine and that we view COVID is here to stay. The FDA has approved two messenger mRNA vaccines targeting COVID, the Pfizer-BioNTech series, uh, as well as the Moderna series, I believe. Yes, Moderna. Uh, There is Novavax for emergency use, which is a protein-based vaccine. Um, Vaccine law experts acknowledge adding COVID vaccines to the immunization schedule could influence states that are inclined to require them for school entry to do so. And many states use the schools as guidance for requirements. But the CDC panel's recommendation do not trigger mandates and 21 states have passed laws prohibiting COVID vaccine mandates for students. I don't know which 21 states they are. I don't have the list of that. But I'd read into your personal state. And see, does your state, does your governor and your state legislature stand up for vaccine freedom, stand up for the right to choose whether or not to get this shot in your arm? The majority of states don't. I know Ohio doesn't because Mike DeWine. But, I mean, we see. We see here many times that whatever the government wants you to do, whatever you want to, the government wants you to do, you are going to just have to submit and do. That's where they want you to go, at least. Where if they want you to get a shot, well, you're going to have to get a shot to go to school. If they want you to get this experimental vaccine, well, good luck, or you're not going to public school. Your your work can mandate it. We're going to pay for it, which I believe it's like $150 a dose for the Pfizer shot. We're going to pay for it so you have no excuse not to get it and not to go to school. I'm sorry, but I'm not going to have a vaccine leveraged over my head for the right of an education. I'm not going to have a political prop, which is the COVID-19 vaccine, used as as a, as a bullet on your head, as a, as a target on your head saying, if you don't get shot with this needle, then, then good luck. You're not going to get an education. When does this become a more serious issue than it is? When does this truly and honestly when do people stand up? I mean, we've had um, citizen initiatives for the uh, medical right to freedom or medical uh, freedom vaccine um, amendment to the U.S. Constitution or the Ohio Constitution here in the state of Ohio. It's a phenomenal initiative. But where do we see here and stand here today as we are? And we the people say we've had enough. 15 to uh, 0 recommended this. That means not a single person. I mean, seriously, there's not a single person that has that that has dissented from this in the medical community publicly 
in a high position. When when do we draw the line as American people that enjoy our freedom? Or or draw this the line as American people that want to see freedom live? As the introduction to this program states, if you ever hear on the hour, freedom is never more than one generation away from extinction. That's where we are today. The freedom to choose, the freedom to disagree with a medical decision or disagree with a mandated medical decision, that is ending. That is getting thrown out in Brandon's America, in today's America. Elections have consequences. Stolen elections have stolen consequences. And you need to make sure that whoever you're voting for on November 8th, because we are 14 days from the midterm elections, whoever you're voting for on November 8th, Better hold freedom accountable and, and bet not accountable, but hold freedom near and dear and hold these radical leftists that want to force you to get a shot or force you to do this or that. Hold them accountable. We have to. We have to fight back I and mean, we truly do. We have to fight back against this behavior. So we're going to move on to something kind of appropriate, but we're not going to get to the entire thing. I want to talk about this. We'll split this into two segments. But the New York Supreme Court reinstates all employees fired for being unvaccinated in order to back pay. The New York State Supreme Court has reinstated all employees who were fired for not being vaccinated, ordering back pay and saying their rights have been violated. The court found Monday that being vaccinated does not prevent an individual from contracting or transmitting COVID-19. Eric Adams claimed earlier this year that the administration would not rehire employees who had been fired over their vaccination status. NYC alone fired roughly 1,400 employees for being unvaccinated earlier this year. Many of those fired were police officers and firefighters. Yeah, that's where we were as a country. As we were firing our police officers, our firefighters, the people that fight for us on the front lines every day, because, well, we have have a, a vaccine that we have to protect against COVID. That's where we are. So so we're going to take a break here. I want to go deeper into this after the break. Also after the break, Hunter is innocent, according to Joe Biden. Sandy Hook is seeping more than than, than $1 billion against Alex Jones or seeking a trillion dollars or over a trillion dollars against Alex Jones. That's where we stand today. Red Future Radio Network, GOP Josh. We'll talk about that after the break here on The Conservative Crusader. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is the Conservative Crusader. Welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. A weird problem happened um, as I was going into the break. My headphones, my my in ear monitors, just gave out. So so I have my old cans on in the studio today. I'm glad I had them as backup, but they just started crackling and just gave out, and I couldn't hear myself. I couldn't hear the outro music. I don't know when the show actually ended. That's where we were in the first segment. But welcome back. This is the Conservative Crusader. New pair of cans on, new new voice for me and new uh, topics to talk about. Not really, but we have to get here uh, in this place. So the FDYN, Uniformed Firefighters Association President Andrew Ansbro, and the Lieutenant President James, or so, Uniformed Firefighters Officers 
Fire Officers Association president James McCarthy condemned Mayor Adams for firing these people uh, earlier this year. And if you missed the, the beginning of the show, the New York New York uh, Supreme Court has ordered that every person in the state of New York fired for, uh, or at least state workers guaranteed and city workers, fired because they did not get the vaccine needs to be reinstated with back pay. That's where we are right now going into this segment. If you're going to remove the vaccine mandate for certain people in the city, you need to be remove it for everybody in the city. If you're going to follow the science, science is going to tell you there isn't any, any danger right now and putting hundreds of firefighters, police officers, and other emergency workers out of work is not the best interest of the city. It's not safe. That was a quote from Ansborough. We remember when, when Biden proposed this really big vaccine mandate for everyone, saying you, if you work in an employer with only a, over 100 employees, you must test weekly or you must have the COVID shot. And the Supreme Court struck that down right away. This was a, I believe it was a city policy, saying every worker must be vaccinated if they're police officers, firefighters, etc. You must be vaccinated. That's that, that. That's where we were at one point. And this is going back to our first segment where I talked about the schools that are starting to mandate the COVID shot and the CDC recommending that schools mandate the COVID shot to go to school. When do we stand up and say this is too much? I personally don't believe that we are at a point in the country where this needs to be mandated. We know the COVID shot does not stop the spread of COVID-19. We know that as a fact. It does not stop the spread. It does not stop you from catching it. It does not stop you from carrying it. It does not stop you from getting sick. It does not stop you from going to the hospital. and does not stop you from dying of COVID-19. It does not stop these things that they claim it has to stop. And it does stop. So why are we requiring it for the, the age group that is least likely to die from COVID-19 is school-age children from, from like uh, 5 to 18. You're not going to die from just COVID-19 alone. And the vaccine, if you were, vaccines is not going to stop it. So why are we mandating it? Why are we putting this out here that you must be vaccinated if, if you want to go to school in the United States of America? 21 states banned a COVID mandate for the youth. Thank you for those 21 states. I wish I had a list. I tried to get it during the break, but I had to find my other cans <laughs> um but you have to you you truly have to um fight this if your school's not or your state's not one of the 21 run for office or we have november 8th coming up vote for those that will stop this i'm 99 percent sure ohio is not one of those states and i can't reasonably tell you i can't go on these airwaves and say you should support Mike DeWine because he's a Republican. I can't do that. I can say that you should probably look into some writing candidates, including Marshall Usher, usherforohio.com, and maybe support them instead of Mike DeWine because Mike DeWine's a coward that doesn't support your freedom. And you shouldn't vote for a candidate in your state, for state legislature, for governor, for state senate, that doesn't support your freedom to choose whether or not to get the COVID vaccine. All right, we're going to move on. We have a lot to get to, but I wanted to put that out there. You know, we've got a lot a lot to talk about. 
But that's an important story. At the same time they're trying to mandate the vaccine for schools, they're saying the vaccine is not required to work in New York City. And older people, adults, firefighters, police officers, people of their age range are more likely to die from COVID-19. So the science is thrown out the window. The science is gone. If there ever was any science to begin with, the science is, is gone. It is out the window, across the street, and in the backyard of your neighbor by now. The science is out of there. Because kids are not going to die from COVID and they're not going to stop the spread of COVID by getting shots. So if you're going to mandate it for everyone, mandate it for, or mandate it for kids, mandate it for everyone. Mandate it for every person to go to work, to go to school, to do anything. Oh, wait, that won't work. The Supreme Court struck that down. Moving on, because I'm getting carried away. <laughs> uh, before we move on, I wanted to tell you guys about our Patreon, patreon.com slash Josh to support the program for as little as $3 a month. P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Josh. And our uh, Anchor page, you can support us with as little or as much as you'd like to give. Anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader. Click on the support button. So Sandy Hook families are seeking steep punitive damages after the $1 billion Alex Jones verdict. Families of the victims of the 2012 Sandy Hook mass shooting on Friday asked a Connecticut judge to order Alex Jones to pay hefty punitive damages on top of a nearly $1 billion. A jury said the conspiracy theorist owes them for falsely claiming that massacre was a hoax. Um... An attorney for Jones, Norm Pattis, said in an email Friday he is confident the verdict will be re- uh, the verdict will be reversed on an appeal. Um, they ordered him nine hundred and sixty-five million dollars. In their filing Friday, the families offered various methods of calculating punitive damages in similar cases. They said by that by one metric they could be entitled to two point seven five trillion dollars based on the number of article impression Infowars false stories garnered. I'm sorry, what? $2.75 trillion. Now, I don't know about you. I don't know if any of you listening have been in media or been in news at all. But I don't know a single person in media that is worth $2.75 trillion, especially not someone independent like Alex Jones. He has a lot of impressions. He has a lot of listeners. A lot of people listen to him and take influence from him. But he does not have $2.75 trillion. I don't think he has a billion dollars worth of resources or assets or anything that he'd have to sell. They are not, at this point, trying to, to, to stop misinformation or stop the, the hurt these families are feeling. All they're doing now is trying to silence Alex Jones, stop him from going on the air every day and saying some, sometimes the truth, sometimes a little far. They're trying to stop that by milking out this massacre. Now, I don't believe what he said about Sandy Hook was true. Uh, I'm, I'm, I, I disavow, I disavow. But you can't tell me that what he said does not fall under the First Amendment of the United States. Is it defamation? Maybe. Is defamation worth $2.75 trillion plus another billion? Absolutely not they're milking it for all they can to try to silence Alex Jones and it's going to keep going I've said this a lot but Alex Jones is always the first step 
Always. He's always the first person to go. He is always the test. The the person they need to try and see if this will work. That's what they do. They take Alex Jones and they run him through the ringer, see if it works for him. If it works for him, they put Steve Bannon up. They put Donald Trump himself up. They put Edward Snowden up. They put all these people up and use that to take everyone else down. And eventually it will come down to us. Us average people on the air, whether you're listening on podcasts, on on the radio, on Red Future Radio, however you're listening to the program, it's going to come down to you. And they're going to use the same strategies they're using against Alex Jones, possibly about their Facebook feed. Might be about what you post on Facebook, on Twitter, on Truth Social, on Instagram, on Getter, Parler, Gab. Gab is a big one. Telegram. They could start taking you down for anything after they realize how it works so well for Alex Jones. So if you don't stand up and defend Alex Jones now, you're not standing up for the faith. You're not standing up for the future. We're not. You're not standing up for, for your freedom. Faith, family, and freedom on the front lines of the America First movement. This is the conservative crusader. That's why I do this. That's why we fight. That's why everyone in the alternative media stands up. Because if it happens to one of them, it can happen to them all. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. Hey everyone, it's P. Josh. We can only keep The Conservative Crusader podcast or, or program that you're listening to right now on the air with your support. We have recently launched a Patreon program where you can support us here at Red Feature Radio for as little as $3 a month. You can find that at patreon.com slash Josh. You can also support the program at anchor.fm slash the conservative crusader for as much or as little as you'd like to give. This program will remain free and financial support is not required or expected, but anything to keep us on the air helps. Thank you, folks. And now, back to the conservative crusader. This is the conservative crusader. Jill Biden, the president of the United States wife, asserts that, quote, Hunter is innocent amid a federal investigation into her son, Hunter. Welcome back. This is the conservative crusader. We appreciate you being here, tuning in wherever you get your podcasts or on redfuturradio.com or the American Perspective, americasperspective.us. So we have the president of the United States wife. And first I want to play a clip. Do we have the clip? We do have the clip. I, I want to talk for a second about Biden's student loan debt bailout. He was interviewed with a, by a transgender person. And he said that he, he got his student loan debt bailout passed by a vote or two. Secondly, if you don't have one of those loans, you just get 10000 written off. It's passed. I got it passed by a vote or two. Secondly, if now, you don't have Now, I have a question for loans, you all. You just get 10000 written off. Who... Voted. Are you saying the people of the United States voted for you so you have the authority to do that? If so, the Constitution would disagree. Are you saying that you are, um, that, that Congress voted? 
Because that didn't happen either. What are you saying? What, where, where are you taking this, Joe Biden? Are you telling us something we don't know? Are you saying a vote happened in the silence that we, frankly, isn't able to happen in our open democracy, our open quote-unquote democracy? But we know how they are with voting and, and doing it by a vote or two. We have put together, I think, the most extensive and inclusive voter fraud organization in the history of American politics. Did they figure out how, how, how to voter fraud uh, personal uh, votes by Congress? Did they figure out how to do that yet? All right. So, so we have here, and people say, well, Josh, you don't actually have the Constitution next to you when you're recording. Well, I, I'll put a clip on, on my Twitter feed. Yes, I always have this copy of Hillsdale College's The Declaration of Independence and the Constitution of the United States all in one. I put it on my desk while I'm recording here in the studio. That, that, I mean, that's where we are as a country, where I might need to pull this out during the break and make sure I'm reading the, the Constitution right because the left seems to just want to destroy it. So that's where we stand today. But I want to move on. Jill Biden asserts that Hunter is innocent amid a federal investigation into her son. Her stepson, I'm sorry. Biden made the claims during an exclusive interview with NBC News in her East Wing office. Her stepson is under federal investigation for allegedly committing tax and gun crimes and is at risk of being executed. Or prosecuted, I'm sorry. Oh, that means something different. Uh, prosecuted. Everyone and their brother has investigated Hunter, she said. They will keep at it and at it and at it. I know Hunter is innocent. I love my son. And I will keep looking forward. So they want to just shut down the Biden narrative, shut down the Hunter Biden narrative. We know that he's guilty. We know that this that stuff is on tape. But he's innocent. He, she loves her son. The federal district of Delaware opened an investigation to Biden in 2018 for allegedly dodging taxes in 2015 and violating gun regulations when he purchased a firearm. Uh, they placed an 112000 the IRS did, an $112,805 lien on Biden in 2015 while he served on the board of Ukrainian energy company Burisma Holdings. And I think it's something a lot of people are forgetting. As we are sending billions and billions and billions and billions of dollars to Ukraine, I think Trump kind of foreshadowed this. Because Joe uh, Hill, uh, Hunter Biden served on the board of Ukrainian energy company. He worked a lot in Ukraine in jobs he was unqualified for. So is the money that is flowing and going and flowing and flowing into to this uh, Ukraine, where is it going? Is something going on with, with Joe Biden behind the scenes? And Hunter Biden? Where is it? So in 2018, the president's son submitted an application to the Bureau of Alcohol, Tobacco, and Firearms where he claimed that he did not use any illegal substances. He then admitted in his 2021 20, uh, memoir that he used crack cocaine every 15 minutes at the time he purchased a firearm. If accurate, may have violated Code 18 or U.S. Code 18, uh, 922, a law prohibiting an individual from making a false or fictitious oral or written statement or for use in unlawful user of or addicted to any controlled substance to obtain a firearm. Then-candidate Biden stated during the 2020 presidential campaign a debate, I'm sorry, that his son did nothing wrong and pivoted claims that he rooted out corruptions in Ukraine. Okay, so, so, so this is where we, we take it slow. 
Did Hunter Biden purchase a firearm while he was addicted to crack cocaine? If yes, he is not innocent. Did Hunter Biden fail to file his taxes in 2018? Or 2015, I'm sorry. If yes, he is not innocent. So unless everyone that's investigating Hunter Biden currently at the time of this recording, which is Tuesday, October 25th, is investigating a nothing burger, which is a lot of people. The Republicans, I believe, are kind of investigating it behind the scenes, getting ready for 2023. Um, federal prosecutors are are investigating it. So unless they are all under false information, then Joe Biden's lying, as he has lied to the American people a bunch of times. And Hunter Biden needs to be prosecuted to the full extent of the law. And if we see in a few days where, where Joe Biden has pun, pun, uh, pardoned Hunter Biden, well, frankly, folks, we will know why. Good news on the economy will save the Democrats. So we know Joe Biden is doing, and that was a quote from Joe Biden, will do anything possible to to lower gas prices right now. It's going to hurt his chances of having a, a midterm victory, which is not going to happen anyway. And I just want to play this clip for you here from The Daily Caller. I think it's been back and forth with them ahead, us ahead, them ahead, back and forth. And the polls have been all over the place. I think uh, that we're going to see one more shift back to our side in the closing days. And let me tell you why I think that. We're starting to see some of the good news on the economy. Gas prices are down sharply in 46 of the 50 states because of what I've been doing. We're moving in the right direction. There's more to come. State unemployment today, state unemployment, was all-time lows in 11 states, and 17 states have unemployment rates under 3%. The new deficit numbers... There's a, it's a record, a record decrease. It's never happened before. The election is not a referendum. It's a choice. It's a choice. And the Republicans criticize my economic record. But look at what I've inherited and what I've done. And look at what they're offering. They want to double down on the Trump tax cuts for the wealthy, make them permanent because they're going to expire. In Lie. They want to send jobs overseas. Lie. Where big corporations can, in fact pay lower wages, increase their profits. Lie. And these are tax cuts that give most benefits to... And I think he continues to say um, upper-class Americans, which is also a lie. So, two consecutive quarters is a traditional milestone of... or uh, of de- decreases is a traditional milestone of defining a recession according to Investopedia. Gas prices are sharply in 46 to 50 of the states um, down sharply. Because of what I've been doing, we're moving in the right direction. There's more to come, he said. Gas pricing, the gallon of gas, costs an average of $3.82, according to AAA, as of the 21st, so about four days ago. Up from $3.36 a year ago and $2.12 on November 3rd, 2020. $3.77 right now, as it stands Average in Ohio three sixty five, average in California five dollars and seventy one, in Florida three dollars and thirty five cents, thirty four cents. 
As October, oh, I, I need to read this. As October cruises towards the finish line, gas prices look less scary. All right, thank you, AAA, lobbying for the Joe Biden administration on your main page talking about gas prices. So I, I want to hop really quick into this. Latest polls show about the 2022 Senate races, Republicans gain. And over the past few weeks, polls show GOP candidates closing the gaps in states where Democrats have led all summer and perhaps pulling away in races that have appeared close for months. And Pennsylvania, Memedas is even closer to John Fetterman. Herschel Walker is neck and neck with Raphael Warnock in Georgia. And Blake Masters has narrowed Senator Mark Kelly's lead in Arizona. Republican polling shows Adam Laxalt squeezing past Senator Senator Catherine Cortez Masto in Nevada. And I want to talk here. New Hampshire. New Hampshire. The blue swing state or the blue, the, the blue state wasn't even close for Donald Trump in 2020. General General Don Bolduc in an Emerson College poll, which is not right-leaning in any way. He is within three points. Three percentage points of the sitting Senator uh, Maggie Hassan. Mitch McConnell. Anyone in, in leadership listening to the program right now, I know some of you are. Give money to Don Bolduc. Give money to General Don Bolduc and to Blake Masters. Take it out of Ohio. J.D. Vance does not need a dime more from outside spending outside of Ohioans donating him money to secure a victory on November 8th. Take the outside money out of radio ads, out of TV ads, and make sure that Ohio, I mean, we know it's safe. Make sure that the country and these two seats, easy to pick up seats, easily picked up, are picked up and are put in the right-wing column for 2022. It's up to you. It's up to you. Listening to the program, up to you who are working in these teams to make sure these states are red in 2024. They have to, or 2022, I'm sorry, they have to be red. Blake Masters, Adam Laxalt, Don Bolduck, Mehmet Oz, Herschel Walker, those are our champion freshmen right up there with J.D. Vance. We have to get them elected in 2022. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. This is The Conservative Crusader. Obama is the left's only chance. They're doing everything they can to get Obama back into the spotlight and to take back these couple seats that are leaning Republican. So, uh, John Fetterman, welcome back. This is The Conservative Crusader on the Red Future Radio Network on the American Perspective, wherever you get your podcasts or on the air. And I want to play this ad from John Fetterman. In Pennsylvania, you've got some important choices to make this year, including who represents you in the U.S. Senate. That's why I'm asking you to vote for John Fetterman this Election Day, November 8th. So when the fate of our democracy and a woman's right to choose are on the line, I know John will fight for Pennsylvanians. You can count on John Fetterman. Make sure he can count on you. Vote Democrat. On November 8th. That is the laziest ad I've ever seen. That is the most kind of creepy setup, too. He's just sitting there in an empty room saying, vote Democrat. Uh, frankly, folks, fr- uh, frankly speaking, we need to vote Democrat on, on November 8th. If we want a chance to, to save our, our democracy, which doesn't exist. 
Why am I Bill Clinton all of a sudden? <laughs> from these radical leftists, or from these radical Republicans that, that hate our democracy, hate our country, and love Donald Trump, and love the, 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 the first president to put them first in a long time. So, uh, vote John Fetterman. He has to count on you. He's, you can count on him. He has to count on you. Uh, we love John Fetterman. Vote for John Fetterman. That, that's Donald Trump. Uh, that's that's uh, Barack Obama at this point. <laughs> it's a funny ad. I'm sorry. That's kind of funny. Uh, he's cutting ads for John Fetterman. He's cutting ads for Barnes. I don't believe I had the ad uh, here. Uh, I know we have that one. I'm sure it's pretty similar because they're not running in the same group. Um, but I don't see the ad here. Maybe. Let's find it here. We're finding it live for you to see if we can um, get this video for you. Yeah, it's pretty similar. It's called Obama. Wisconsin, you've got a big responsibility this year. Control of the Senate is in your hands. That's why I'm proud to endorse Mandela Barnes, someone with humble roots who understands the challenge. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I, I, Mandela Barnes is bald, and in this clip he's getting a haircut. Proud to en- I'm not kidding. They're, they're shaving his bald head. Endorse. Mandela Barnes, someone with humble roots who understand. That's hilarious. It's nine seconds in. I'm going to link it down below just just for the funny part of this uh, of Mandela Barnes getting a haircut. (laughs) Understands the challenges folks are facing. Mandela's mom was a teacher. His dad worked third shift. Now he's focused on solutions that will make a difference, like making more things here in Wisconsin, cutting taxes for the middle class, and protecting a woman's right to choose. Early voting starts October 25th, and election day is November 8th. Vote so I for believe, Mandela Barnes for U.S. Senate. I believe Mandela Barnes is pretty much DOA, dead on arrival. But, I mean, we'll see. He's making uh, Barack no, Obama is making several campaign stops next week, including a stop in Atlanta on the 28th, uh, two stops on October 29th, Detroit and Milwaukee, and a stop in Reno, Nevada on November 1st, the week after. Several of those states feature high-profile Senate races that will play a role. Now, I don't think that enough people are worried about about Don, uh, Barack Obama than they are Donald Trump and their wallets and, and their pocketbooks because that's hurting a lot more than, than this man can make up for. And the actual, I want to talk about this story first. Voters oppose transgender policies in Nevada, according to Rasmussen. Kind of an interesting story there, which means, I mean, Maggie Hassan is pretty much full on to transgenderism. So if they oppose it, that's pretty hurtful for her. All right. A pro-choice Democrat in the state of New York wrote an opinion piece for the New York Post saying she is voting or he is voting. I don't really know their pronouns. Is voting to man for Lee Zeldin. And I want you to I, I want to read this. I'll I'll link it down below so you can read it all without me commenting. I have been pro choice even longer than I have been a registered Democrat. I attended my first pro choice rally in nineteen eighty nine when I was still in high school. I was a member of Bernard Columbia Students for Choice in college and volunteered as a clinic escort for Planned Parenthood. I am still pro-choice, but listening to Kathy Hochul constantly campaign on abortion is just one more reason I am voting for Representative Lee Zeldin. Abortion access was enshrined in New York State law in 2019, and it's not going to change. The 2018 blue wave in Albany gave Democrat legislators a supermajority, and they used it to pass bills codifying Roe v. Wade. In other words, when the Supreme Court overturned Roe v. Wade, nothing changed in New York, Women throughout the state still have access to safe and legal abortion. So 
So every time Hochul talks about abortion, it just reminds me that she is not talking about the most pressing issue in our state, rising crime. Or how many New Yorkers are leaving our state to move to places with lower taxes and safer streets. Or how the state's devastating economy, education resulted reveals in National Assessment of Education Progress scores some of the worst in the country. And she is definitely not telling us how she will make our city safer, more affordable, and a place people want to keep living in. Anyone watching Weekend Football has seen Hochul's ad on, on, about abortion. That's because she wants the party faithful to keep talking about the non-issue of abortion and not think about the fact that nine New Yorkers were murdered in the subway this year. If Hochul could run on her record, she would. But the governor doubled down on failed bail reform laws, continued New Albany's pay-to-play politics with eye-popping contracts to campaign donors, and actually found a way to make Governor Andrew Cuomo's bad COVID decision-making worse. What is Kathy Hochul's record? She prevented Mayor Eric Adams from getting changes to bail reform law when he traveled to Albany this year. She still supports Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg, despite his demonstrated disinterest in prosecuting crime. The COVID tests that keep coming home in my children's backpacks, we New Yorkers paid twice what California paid for the same test, and the money went straight into the pocket of one of Hochul's biggest donors. In contrast, Lee Zeldin, a public school parent himself, is on record that he won't mandate COVID vaccines for our children, even after a CDC and prevention ex- um, advisory panel recommended adding them to the immunization schedule and supports the rehiring of municipal workers fired for declining the shots. Unnecessary COVID restrictions will finally end. No more absurd rules like when New Yorkers could get a drink in a bar only if we ordered food because you know COVID is repelled by mozzarella sticks. Attacking opponents over abortion instead of addressing New York New Yorker's real concern is not a new strategy for Hochul. Her last target was New York City's most radical leftist, the personally pro-life uh, Jumani Williams. But the sleight of hand is wearing thin, and Hochul seems to know it. As a pro-choice New Yorker, I am relieved to know that women are, that women's rights to safe, legal abortion in the beginning of a pregnancy is protected in state law. But I am voting for a governor who will bring safety back to our city, protect our children and families from government overreach, and once again, Make New York a place to aspire to, not escape from. From Matt or Maud Marin, a former D- Democrat congressional candidate. That is where we stand as a country. People are saying, well, we have abortion and we have the women's right to choose is the biggest issue. It's not. That is a political figure, a $19.1,000 follower account. She is a woman, by the way. Sorry about that. Endorsed Lee Zeldin. I am so happy that's where we stand today. And that's where we're going to be. And Lee Zeldin will be your next governor. Because frankly, New York and, and all across the nation, we need people like Lee Zeldin in leadership that won't back down from a fight and won't stray from his personal beliefs and what matters to you, the people. My name is GOP Josh. Thank you, thank you, thank you for tuning in on the Red Feature Radio Network. 14 days from Election Day, your midterm coverage is here on the Red Feature Radio Network, on the American Perspective, americasperspective.us, redfeatureradio.com, gopjosh.com, patreon.com, slash gopjosh, and my Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Rumble, all the pages are at gopjosh. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Conservative Crusader. 